0: I don't know why Folk is sometimes just talking to himself. Tom, Igmot. they all do it. Just recapping what happened within the last hour of the day and it's really weird. But I guess I should give it a try myself. Well, I guess, uh, I guess we all know that Folk is back. He's not dead, which is great. I mean, I I think if anyone can figure out a way to get me home, it's, well, it's him. And that Kaiju is, well, it's dead, so that's good. What else happened? Oh, Igmit was covered in blood. Folk made some sort of a gauntlet, like an, an endless gauntlet. Yeah, definitely some sort of an endless, um, gauntlet that just doesn't have an end, I guess. Um, I'm looking for a word that's a synonym for endless, but I can't, I can't quite, mm, no matter. I think things are starting to look up. And I think that things are, well, they're going to start getting to be a bit better. And I think that protecting this town is something worthwhile. And I'm glad to be a part of it.
1: I've killed enough for one day. <laughs>
2: you're going to go take a uh, turn in for the evening then?
1: Yep. Still covered in blood. Just make note of that.
2: Cool. You're going to smell great tomorrow.
3: <coughs> I'm sure Andrea <laughs> will make note of that. <laughs> Gross. She'll have oh. to wash those sheets the next day.
2: <laughs> or burn them. <laughs> or burn them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> that Igmat's spirit it's... god is going to be like, wait, what is that? You already sacrificed <laughs> the what? <boy." laughs> Not just his sheets. <laughs> we'll carry on.
2: Poor innkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say Tom is probably going to be the first one to wake up because he was the first one to head off to bed. And it'll be it'll be fairly late morning by the time uh you get up tom probably 10 or so and when you get downstairs however a lot of the town is still kind of in the crossing house and they're just sort of laying you know some people are like have their uh their head in their arms just using their arm as a pillow. a lot of the town is here, and a lot of the town is just kind of laying all over the place, just uh, sleeping off being shit-heeled drunk. And even Polly is actually uh, is actually still behind the bar, and she's moving, but in in a very in a very zombie-like way. Like she is, she just seems to be going through the motions, and when she looks up at you. She just grunts, just, and that's it. Like, you don't get a greeting, no good morning, and she just motions towards the coffee that's uh, that's sitting on the counter and grunts again at you.
4: <laughs> do, I, do I have an idea what time it is?
2: About 10 o'clock in the morning.
4: I'll drink some coffee.
2: As you're kind of uh, hanging out and just enjoying your cup of coffee and Polly is enjoying the fact that you don't seem to be interested in having a conversation with her. Um... <laughs> <laughs> why don't you go ahead and make me a perception check, please, Tom? Fifteen. Alright. So, you can actually hear somebody walking up the porch. You can hear the telltale, uh, creaks of the... of the boards of the porch, uh, it doesn't sound like somebody very heavy, but it does sound like somebody who is wearing maybe heels or just some sort of a fancier shoe. It sounds kind of like Olivari when when she's walking around on wood, but when you turn around, you see there is a woman who appears to be maybe 50 years old. She's got stark black hair. She looks quite a bit like Lucius to you, Um And she has uh, she has a couple of shocks of white kind of streaking through the hair, um, but only towards down at the roots. It seems as though she pays somebody to to dye it. And the dress that she is wearing is it's bright yellow. It's very fancy. Like you can you can just tell by by all of the ruffles and and just the sheer amount of effort that must have went into making this and this woman is still very pretty even at uh, you know getting up there in years and she kind of looks at you and sort of curtsies a little bit and then she makes a beeline over to Lucius and grabs him by the ear and says now that boy I do, I do believe that I have declared in the past that you are mandatorily supposed to return to your home every evening. And he's just, ah, oh, ah, and he just can't seem to get anything out. And she just sort of starts dragging him from the crossing house. And, uh, do you want to do anything, Tom?
4: Yeah, I'm going to take another drink of coffee <laughs> <laughs> oh. and I'll set it down and follow up. <laughs>
2: They uh you see them they're just heading across the square kind of basically directly straight opposite of where the crossing house is so they're heading towards the barber shop if you're looking at your map All right Tom how long would you like to follow them
4: Wherever they're going I'm going in with them I'm not even being discreet about it
2: <laughs> So they walk past the they walk past the barber shop they start moving past more of the homes and stuff and start getting towards the outskirts of town to one of the larger uh buildings that are that's in this in this area and it's got sort of just a rough fence around the front of it there's there's really no grass or decorative stone or anything like that it just seems like the fence is the decoration in and of itself and before she opens up the gate to go in she looks at Lucius and she goes now you head straight inside young man I'll deal with you in a moment and she turns and looks at you and says what do you need sir I draw out a cigar and I fiddle
4: with it but I don't even light it and I say who are you
2: that's none of your early damn business sir (laughs) leave me to deal with my son and get off my property now I cut the cigar and start to light it he must be Marie that ain't none of your damn business as previously stated. I wish that were true. My son has been out carousing, drinking, and just generally gallivanting, okay? And I need to set him straight so he doesn't turn into a monster like his father. Now, if you please, sir, I am going inside. (sighs) And she opens up the gate and starts heading in. I follow
4: her, and I blow a puff of smoke in the air. I have some questions to ask you.
2: I don't give a good early damn why you are here or what you want. Get off of my property or I will contact the deputy. You know, I'm not such
4: a fan of Elmer myself.
2: I don't give a shit who you are a fan of or what you are not a fan of. You need to get the hell off of my property now.
4: I have a feeling
2: he's behind a lot of the trouble. I have going. a feeling that you're still gibbering and jabbering at me, and I've asked you multiple times to leave. I'm gonna, I'm
4: gonna slowly turn around, blow a puff of smoke in the air, and just stand here at the gate and just leave her be for now.
2: She goes in,
3: and such a good
2: agent. <laughs> when, when she closes the door behind her you immediately see one of the curtains peer open and just a death glare. And <laughs> she basically just doesn't move from this window as she stares you down, seeing what you're doing. I'm going to stand here for at least a quarter of a cigar. Okay. I am going to move over to Igma and Alavari then who are both, uh, we'll say it's 1030 or so. And, uh, You guys have just woken up, and you come down to a very similar scenario. Uh, A lot of people just kind of passed out and sprawled over tables and things like that. You can actually see that some of the tables and chairs looked as though they got smashed last night. But there isn't really any blood on the ground, so you imagine that it was a jovial smashing and not, you know, like a a violent one. And... (laughs) Again, you're greeted with grunts from Polly as she kind of motions over towards the coffee to you guys. Howdy, Miss Polly. You got
1: any bacon? I don't care if it's raw.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's no way to eat. I could cook you up some bacon if you need me to, Igman. No, I I gotta go. Make a dexterity
2: check, please, for me, Igman. Really? Over raw bacon? Yes, right now. It's a seven. So, out of the corner of your eye, you see something wrapped in white paper start flying towards your head, and you duck just in time to not have it connect directly with your face. <laughs> 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 and you look over, and you can see that Polly has just finished with a throwing motion. But you can smell bacon. Like, it definitely, like, as it... Wa- as it uh, as it flies flies over your head you can catch a waft of uh, bacon smell as it goes past you
1: um can I go and pick up the bacon absolutely okay I'm I'm just gonna pick up the bacon and start eating it and walk out of the crossing house and
5: uh, (laughs) thank you Miss Polly (laughs) was it cooked bacon
2: nope it was not no
5: well, I have seen oaks eat some pretty weird stuff in my time, but I don't think I'd ever seen anyone eat raw bacon. That mmm <laughs> mm. <laughs> And Alivari now is in, like, she's completely prettied herself back up to, like, not road and, like, fight standards. So, like, her hair's all done up nice, and she's got her pretty dress, and she's got her purple heels on now, which she doesn't wear when she's on the horse because it cuts the horse up. So (laughs) she's back to her full normal self. Awesome. What's Alivari doing, then? I, hmm. I definitely need something in my belly, though. A hunk of bread would be better
2: this time uh you see Polly starts to wind up and <laughs>
5: she's got a loaf of bread in her hand
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and you can you can just put it right here honey you don't need to throw it she just sets it down and,
2: uh, and goes back to <laughs> sipping on her coffee and brooding
5: <laughs> oh honey I, you haven't gotten a lick of sleep have you when she kind of looks
2: over at you, you can see that there are just veins spider-webbing around her uh, pupil, around her iris and pupils, and you think that that's absolutely accurate.
5: Oh, dear. Well, I- I'm afraid I can't do much to help you with that. You'll just have to go take a nap, honey. <laughs> I guess I'll go stare at the fire. <laughs> i assume there's a fire
2: yeah yeah they've absolutely got a fire going um it's kind of it's kind of died down from a lack of attention but there's some logs already split and just sit next to next to the hearth so you could throw some more on there if uh if you so desire sure. um might as well <laughs> igmit where the fuck are you going yeah. i'm going to the general store seriously um okay which one well
4: um i he he gave you fair warning the first thing he was gonna do in this this tonight is go shopping
2: <laughs> <laughs> um i rolled my eyes so fucking hard that i wish you guys could see it <laughs> like i almost snapped my neck when i rolled my eyes there <laughs> i'm gonna go to god anyway Godfrieds. um Make me a perception check as you're leaving. 18? Well, you, as you're walking out, noshing on that bacon, you can see that Tafalil is passed out on one of those tables.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, then I'll go to Fillmore's.
2: Cool, cool, cool. So you're gonna walk all the way over there then? Yep. So you get up to the door and... Like, there's no lights on in there, and the door is locked, and you're rather confused as to what's going on.
1: Um, I'm gonna kick on the door. Not, like, to break it in, just to make sound.
5: You could knock. <laughs> Use your fist. That's uh, it's too civilized.
2: <laughs> you, kick, you kick for a few minutes, and no response whatsoever. Let's go back to Tom, where the proprietor of, the, of Fillmore's general store is currently, uh... Being <laughs> held hostage by his mother.
4: <laughs> I assume to my r- right, since I'm staring outward, I can see Igmit standing at the door.
2: Mm, you guys are towards the edge of town. Why don't you make me a perception check? Because you're not at the nat- general
3: store.
4: <laughs> I got a nat 20. What a kind of a waste of a nat 20. Oops.
3: Wow, your net twenties make noise like that. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> That's a nice dice. <laughs> see now you'll have to leave that in. <laughs> so
2: you do see uh you do see Igmet is standing in front of the general store, sort of kicking at the door, and you can tell that he's very frustrated because he at first he's not kicking that hard, but then after a while he's just shaking this thing on its hinges and doesn't seem to be getting very far What do you want to do?
4: I do one of those obnoxiously loud Whistles that cowboys
2: do, at him. Igmit, make me a perception Alright Eleven Nope, you don't hear shit, you just keep kicking <laughs> <laughs> I use thaumaturgy to make my voice
4: Booming, but I talk in a regular Tone, <laughs> I say He's not there, Igmit What the hell was that?
1: <laughs> get damn it tom over to your right all right i look over to my right
2: you don't see shit because i'm keeping your 11 perception checks so you have <laughs> you have no idea where that came from and you actually see the barber shop door opens and the barber with his long bushy sideburns steps out and he's looking around like what in the fuck?
4: I just kind of assume that uh Igmet could hear me so as soon as he turned around I was already gone cuz I dropped my cigar and started walking towards
2: the house door again in the gate.
3: Someone at the church probably thought that was the voice of Ernie. <laughs>
2: So you went inside the gate, though, like you entered the actual property in the gate. And I'm going to give a knock on the door. Um,
4: Assuming I don't get shotgun blasted.
2: So (laughs) you go up and you knock on the door and after you go to knock. So like you get the first knock in. And as soon as you bring your hand back, the door creaks open and there's a chain creating a gap of maybe four inches at most. And a double barreled scattergun peeks its way out, and you just hear, I thought I had told you I am not interested in anything that you have to talk about, sir. This is your last warning.
4: The sooner you discuss this, the sooner I'll leave you alone.
2: Are you going to stand there? Mm-hmm. I'm going to cast hold person. What? <laughs> okay, psycho. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, wisdom saving throw
2: what's the DC spell DC's 15 she fails and the problem is is that it's still a door latched by a chain though are there any other doors that I saw you could do- go and take a quick how long does this spell last up to a minute dope okay so you're going to go in and uh, check around the perimeter, then? Yeah. Um, so you circle around, and there are plenty of first-floor windows, and in the back, there is there is another door. <clears throat> this one, however, appears to just be solid wood, whereas the other one uh, had... Just a a small diamond of glass, sort of about face level. Is it unlocked? It is not, no. Okay. You've literally been creeping out in front of this woman's house for like 15 or 20 minutes. Of course her doors are locked. Yeah. How much time has lapsed? I would say that you have about 30 more seconds of the whole person.
4: I'm going to go try and bust her chain and take her gun from her.
2: You're going to (laughs) what?
4: Bust her door chain and try to take the gun from her.
2: Give me a strength saving throw. Or an athletics check will work. If you have it. Well, I'm not 20. (laughs) Plus one. (laughs) All Alright. So you shoulder into this door and why don't you make me a perception check?
4: 18... Plus four,
2: and then make me and a two. quick insight check.
4: And sixteen.
2: Okay, so you get in here, and this this lady has more knickknacks and accoutrements than you've seen in any person's house ever. I mean, there are there are dolls, there are. Various glass bells and whistles and just all sorts of things and all sorts of curio cabinets. Like the room that you direct that you first enter into, there's this fancy rug that has like this very kind of uh, polyhedral design going on it. So it's kind of like angular and various colors, and it's very it's very earth tony and she's got she's got a couple of couches that are surrounded with uh, with very fancy looking oil lamps. I mean, with designs put into the into the shade that goes around it and everything. And you just get this really weird feeling in here. and not like oh, the weird feeling that you get when, you know you go over to your grandma's house and you're afraid that you're gonna break shit. Kind of an uncomfortable feeling, almost. And then you wrench the gun from her hand, and uh, you are now breaking and entering.
4: Let's see. I wanna. As soon as I get the weird feeling, I'm gonna cast detect magic. Presence of magic within thirty feet.
2: Oh, illusion, my friend. So much of it. Illusion. Illusion.
3: Bop, 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 bop. Uh, hold person is a concentration spell.
2: Oh, she immediately comes out of her hold and make me an athletics check. Oh,
4: shit. First of all, Chris, you snitch.
2: (laughs) Don't be an asshole. You deserve this. (laughs) Uh, Totally, dude. Uh, dirty 20. Well, let me tell you. About Marie's fucking 21, then that brings you wrestle oh, down to the ground. And so we're gonna have to roll initiative now, because, well, we're in combat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And I just, shit. And I just nat 20'd her initiative. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild roll. Nope. 11.
5: You know, it's really funny. When I was listening to the podcast, And I heard all these shenanigans. I thought, they can't be that stupid. This must be like, (laughs) maybe there's some planning. Maybe there's some... Oh, no.
2: Brian's a fucking idiot. Like, straight (laughs) up.
5: Why do
4: you guys get mad at me for my character's decisions? Not my fault. He's
2: retarded. (laughs) I really hope that you, when you listen back to this uh, episode, you can you can just think long and hard about, uh, about the things that you've said in here and just really try and take them to heart, Brian. Anyway, so what did you say your initiative was? Eleven. Eleven. Why don't you make me another athletics check?
4: Oof, we're getting lower numbers now. I got a four.
2: So... You you get brought down. She basically just picks up one of your legs and swings it to the side, and you're immediately on your back. And before you can do anything to react, she's already wrenched the scattergun from your hands. Oh. And does a 16 hit your armor class? No. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> so she wrenches it away, and before she even has some time to... Really put the butt of the gun up to her shoulder and aim it. She pulls one of the triggers and you see just wood and shrapnel erupt right next to your head. None of the BBs hit you, but it was very close and your ears are ringing now and it is your turn. You are currently prone, looking up at a very angry middle-aged woman holding a shotgun. Okay. Mm-hmm. See what I mean, though, Kim? Sometimes Brian just takes forever. (laughs) Listen,
4: I've gotten myself into a bit of a pickle. It's going to take me a second. My good old homeschool education, folks.
1: Uh. Good lord
3: yeah maybe you should start thinking about that before you start soaking your cucumbers in vinegar
2: I literally thought that this was just going to be a funny flavor thing that I could do where she comes and just drags her son out of the inn oh no ladies and gentlemen Mr. Brian Bridges you absolutely cannot do things for flavor
4: Tom woke up on the very dark side of the bed
1: he might get killed by a housewife uh, I'm going to. Brian, Igmet doesn't just... have a boot. God damn it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Igmet, you definitely heard that gunshot. Oh, I did. Okay. Um...
3: Igmet's trying to get over there as fast as he can, <laughs> but he keeps on t- walking in circles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Olivari, you also hear a gunshot ring out from across town.
1: Okay. Um well while Brian is well paralyzed, um can I can <laughs> I do something, Tim? You're very far away, but yeah. Uh he's going to stop kicking the the door of the general store and um and walk towards uh towards where he heard the shot. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's going to take you a little while.
1: Okay. All right.
2: Olivari, what do you want to do? You just heard a gunshot ring out across town.
5: <sighs> well, normally I wouldn't be too concerned. However, um, I probably want to go figure out what's happening because there's not usually gunshots in this town unless there's something going down. That's
2: a fair assumption.
5: So I guess I'll. At least walk out to the front of the crossing house and take a peek to see if I can see anything from there.
2: You can't, uh, well, why don't you make me a perception check? Okay, There's always room for a net 20. That's a 17. <laughs> okay, so you can see that across the town square, the barber has left, uh has left his shop and he's sort of he's sort of kind of along the side of it, um, to your left basically. And he seems okay. to be looking hard at something that's going on in the opposite direction from you.
5: Do I remember the barber?
2: You've seen him around town. He's got big bushy sideburns and uh he kinda he kinda name. No, you I I wouldn't Well, here. High or low. Uh hi. Well, I rolled an eighty-six. Uh, you know that his name is Pete, just like the, uh, just like the fucking uh, uh, deputy.
3: Deputy. Yep.
5: Hey, hey, Pete. Uh, what was that sound? He just turns around immediately and yells, you folk are fighting." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who? I don't know. Maybe pastor breakfast and. Marie Fillmore?
5: I don't know, but it's weird. <laughs> Wait, a, a pasta? Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 I'll dash over there.
2: Okay, it's going to take you a little while to get there as well. Um, <laughs> That's fine.
3: Did uh, Falk hear the gunshot? Roll me a perception check. 17 plus 1
2: 18 Yeah you hear you hear the faint echoing of a gunshot inside of uh but I mean you're banging on metal and stuff like that and so it, it while it sounds like it's relatively close it definitely sounds like it could be not even in Fillmore's crossing
3: itself Still right when that happened I was like about to like do a, a very intricate thing on taking a part out of the old battery and, like, it made me jump a little bit right before my hands touched the the very delicate piece. And, like, it, you know, kind of spooked me a bit. But then I go back to it and pay it no mind. <laughs> All right. And so
2: that brings us back to Marie, who is going to shoot at you again because you're not leaving. Why aren't you leaving?
4: Uh, she has me pinned, for one thing.
2: Oh, well, it's your turn, actually. I take that back. We were waiting on you. I forgot.
4: I'm going to take the um take the hands up approach and not Oh you're struggle gonna surrender? More. Right, the surrender approach. Okay. I'll say uh I'll say um I do suppose the recent fighting and chaos and events around town have got me a bit
2: rattled. Um Listen here I just last night saw a giant dead thing smash apart the telegraph office and i don't know you at all i don't know you from shit now we're gonna go over to the deputy's office right now right as as soon as she says that i kind of
4: smile with (laughs) relief and i say that would be fine
2: thank you so olivari and igmut I would say that you guys I would say Igmet, you get burnt near to the house. Olivari, you get you get to the barber shop, and you see Tom and a well-dressed middle-aged woman with a double-barreled shotgun pressed into Tom's back, and they're just making their way basically in the direction of you. Olivari, not Igmet.
4: I give him like a two-finger tap downward motion, as in like don't be pulling your guns out.
5: Okay. Well,
4: you don't know Igmund. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is about
2: to These go from to These guns can't be
5: contained. Uh, uh, what, Tom? What in the what? What are you doing?
4: Pay us no mind. We're going to be uh, having a visit at the deputy's office.
2: What? Is this one of your friends? I don't think... He, he just barged into my home. <laughs> as soon as he starts saying me. this,
4: my face just starts
2: to glow red in the sunlight. <laughs> um, do I see this? Yeah, you're you're fairly nearby as well, but you're kind of off to the right of them. Olivari's right, not Tom's.
1: Um, can I run towards him? And uh, I'm gonna yell,
2: yell, Mrs. Fillmore! Yeah, you run towards them and you yell that, but she, uh... She doesn't even pay you any mind. She just keeps poking that uh, scattergun into the small of Tom's back and basically kind of forcing him forward. He did what now? He cast some sort of a spell on me and then broke my damn
5: door down. (laughs) Tom, you can't... Now, Marie, I, I... uh, Can I take him? Would it be alright if I take him? It sounds like you just need to go home and have a little bit of calm down. We are going to see
2: the deputy, ma'am. I understand that you're trying to fix things for your friend here, and I respect that. You didn't do nothing to me, but I need to make sure that there is going to be some sort of punishment or retribution.
4: It's quite alright, Avalari. This is what I wanted in the first place.
5: Ah... well I guess you just can't whatever. I ain't here to kink shame nobody. But
4: <laughs> <laughs> actually
5: Uh Perhaps actually? you'd like to join
4: us.
3: <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> okay, so
1: I um once I get closer and I mean Tom Tom are you okay? I've
4: <laughs> got all my pieces still attached.
1: Well You make sure to get all the questions asked for. Alright. I'm gonna go fetch your son. Will do. You. you.
5: you have a son?
4: What? (laughs) No, he said. he told me he was gonna fetch her son.
5: Oh! (laughs) 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 I misheard that completely. Uh, Awesome. Oh,
3: like Tom would ever have a son. (laughs) So.
5: Not my confusion.
2: When you start off towards her house, you actually notice that she takes the gun off of Tom's back and points it at you and says, you leave that boy alone. He hasn't done nothing to anyone. Damn it, woman. You have no reason to go and wake up my son. All I want to do is buy shit Y'all from Y'all folk store. are the reason that this all happened. Y'all folk are the reason that this is all getting messed up. Poor and shit. now you're going to go and... Does uh, 20 hit your armor class, Igmet? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you're damn right it does. <laughs> Holy shit. So you take uh 19 points of bludgeoning damage as she shoots you with the shotgun.
1: alrighty then. Um so I holler in pain. I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't I don't want to do anything. Let's just go talk to the deputy. Put the goddamn scattergun down.
2: And let's talk this through. I ain't putting shit down. You're gonna try and give me orders? I'm gonna fill you full of lead, you fucking orc son of a bitch. I just kneel down. I have spent time being ridiculed in this town. People whispering as my husband went and gallivanted upon the town and y'all want to come up in here and mess with the sanctity of my home? I will kill all of you or you will have
5: to put me down. I'm going to cast calm emotions.
2: (laughs) Uh, Is that a will save or uh, charisma? What is it?
5: Um, do 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 Christmas saving throw, and my spell save is 15.
2: So she is foaming at the mouth and spitting and just red in the face. All of her veins are bulging, and then immediately her face gets a little more serene, and she kind of like
4: she's scarier than the zombie monster. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: now, Mrs. Fillmore. I, I would be more than happy to take him over to Deputy Portnoy's office for you. Would you like to just sit a spell, and then I will come back and grab you as well?
2: That sounds agreeable. Yes.
5: All right. Here, uh, is there? Can I say there's a chair nearby?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, you go in. Uh, you guys are right next to the barber shop. You just lead her out in front of the barber shop. There's a. There's just a chair chilling there.
5: Cool. All right, you you just sit right here, Marie. I'm going to go take him over there, and I'll be right back for you, all right?
2: All right, all right. Okay. And she's just kind of breathing heavy still, and you can tell that she seems kind of confused as to why, like, she's got so much adrenaline coursing through her body, like her hands are shaking, and she just seems confused in general. And so, yeah, you guys have managed to get out of that what would you like to do
5: now tom let's walk over this way and i'm going to take him toward that office and hopefully far enough away that i can be like tom what the fuck are you doing over there with marie
4: i had her right where i wanted her
5: <laughs> what what do you want her <laughs> explain yourself
4: we were headed over to the deputy's office to talk
5: About what? You breaking into her house?
4: If the subject came up?
5: Like it wasn't gonna come up.
4: You think you could get her to uh, leave the shotgun behind?
5: Well, I will take the shotgun and point it at you for her (laughs) with as idiotic as you've been. You have to be nice to these people. Didn't they teach you how to, like, talk to people and get information out of them?
4: I start to look more uncomfortable being talked down to by the demon lady than I was at the butt (laughs) of the gun from the crazy lady. (laughs) 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 I will have to bear that in mind.
5: You wanted to go over to to, to the deputy's Portnoy's office? Indeed. All right, now you go on ahead. I'll go get Marie. And you're not going to piss her off again, okay? Agreed. All right.
2: So let me ask you something, Kim. Do they know when the calm emotions ends? Oh, Lord.
5: <laughs> you suppress any effect, causing the target to be termed or frightened. Hmm. But when the spell ends, you suppress- any suppressed effect resumes. Oh, um, no. Um the indifference ends if the target is attacked or harmed by, the, by a spell or witnesses any of its friends being harmed when the spell ends, the creature becomes hostile again unless the DM rules otherwise.
2: I will let you give me um, a good kind of calming speech and then a persuasion throw, and uh, okay. we'll see what kind of state she comes out in. <laughs>
5: okay. Now, Marie, I know that Tom is not the brightest. He was he was trying to make sure that the boy was going to be all right. right. He really is taking a liking to him. And I know that you're his mama and that you were concerned about him not coming home last night. And believe me, I would have had his hide torn up. Hide, mm, I understand. But right now, it, we need to be calm and we need to take care of our boys. All right?
2: You can actually roll with advantage. You notice that any time that you mention Lucius in a positive way, like it definitely seems to calm her quite a bit.
5: All right. So 25 and 26. So
2: she looks at you and she goes, not many folk around here understand how special Lucius is. I, I I'm not gonna forgive him, but
5: oh, no, honey, I wouldn't forgive him either. But just be calm about it, all right?
2: Right. Yeah. Yes. Let's uh, let's go put this uh, this weapon back. We'll leave it up to the deputy.
5: That sounds like an excellent <sighs> idea.
2: She like keeps exhaling and and just trying to slow her breathing down and you guys walk back to her house again and she leaves you at the gate for a few minutes as she goes inside and then she comes right back out and she uh, nods at you and says alright, I'm, I'm ready whenever you are alright,
5: let's go talk to the deputy
2: and Tom, did you head straight to uh, Deputy Portnoy's office then? yeah As did I.
1: I I mean, I I started walking as soon as she, you know, uh, was calm. I just started walking.
2: Okay, so when you get into the deputy's office, you see that Ingrid is awake and she she seems concerned and a little bit worried. You see that uh, Mark Baggio, he's he's just kind of he's just kind of whistling a tune and clapping his hands together and snapping along and stuff he seems to be having a grand old time but you're looking around the office and you cannot find Deputy Portnoy anywhere it's just Boris (sighs) sitting behind the desk
4: I forgot he disappeared during the
2: zombie incident Uh, and Tom when you walk in you see the exact same thing just Boris chilling behind the desk you see mark baggio and ingrid fillmore but no deputy portnoy anywhere to be seen so
1: i take off my hat and um i say ma'am
2: have you eaten yet nobody's been by i haven't seen i haven't seen the deputy since last night
1: since last night um hmm well, I'm gonna send my friend here, Boris, down to the crossing house. He's gonna get you some biscuits and some coffee, and uh
2: we'll we'll see about finding the deputy. All right. And uh Boris immediately hops up and uh nods at you and says, Oh I'll be back as fast as I can, and runs over out the door to the crossing house.
1: Um, and then uh I walk over to um Mark Boggio Boggio and uh I I kick the bar and uh What are you so happy
4: about?
2: Saw <laughs> so an omen, eh? Real bad one
4: <laughs> I Did you say
2: an omen? You ain't you're not familiar? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well uh me and Joe we weren't just uh, riding our horses like bats out of hell for no reason, eh? Where was this hell? Ridgely, somewhere thereabouts. And uh, Igmet, you're mildly familiar with Ridgely. It's a it's a fairly sizable town on the border of the Deadlands, and it's it's well known for gambling. Like there are a lot of uh, a lot of casinos and. And whorehouses and things like that It's basically a city of kind of ill repute
4: Mm. Tim, as we're talking I want to be by the door I want to be by the door peering out the window Just to see if I can tell when they're coming Okay What
2: is Ridgely? You know, uh You know that gold that we had on us? Yes Came from Ridgely Who'd you steal it from? You, uh you know what the consortium is? Yeah. The elves, right? Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Can I make a history check here? Yeah, go ahead. Alright. That's a Nat 20. So, you're familiar with the consortium. They're. They're basically a. They're basically like the mafia, but out here. And so they offer protection, they offer illicit goods, they you know, if you if you have somebody that is <clears throat> if you have somebody that is encroaching upon your business and you want to hire some muscle to maybe go and take care of it go talk to the consortium if you want to go and gamble on some poker go talk to the consortium if you want to pay somebody to have somebody killed go talk to the consortium and the one thing that you do know about uh, this group is that as long as you have been alive you have avoided crossing them not necessarily avoided dealing with them but crossing them because you know what happens when people piss off the consortium
1: uh northerner that that gold and Igmet gets visibly nervous whoa did that have
2: the consortium's mark on it by chance? Not only that, but I think they're tracking it somehow. Some magical way, you mean? That's what I'm thinking. We were riding to Kensington to meet up with a magic user who is going to dispel it for us, but, uh, well, you caught me first. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, and, uh,
1: can I run out of the the jail quickly? Yeah, sure. All right, and I hightail it for the gunsmith. <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs> I'm assuming at this point I would have walked up.
2: Yeah, uh, basically Igmit is r- sprinting past you as you and uh, Marie are getting up to the jailhouse.
5: Igmit, where are you
1: going? We got bigger shit to shovel now. Just Just (laughs) pacifier. I gotta go.
5: uh, uh, Okay. And, Oh, don't mind him. He gets a little bit (laughs) antsy sometimes.
4: When I see him outside, I want to go out and shut the door behind me.
5: Uh, where's Portnoy at, Tom?
4: Deputy's nodded. No one's seen him. I think it would be best if we stayed out here. Um, I hadn't thought of it earlier, but there's someone in there that I don't
2: think I'd like her to see.
5: And would I know who's in there? I probably wouldn't, because I've not been in there, have I?
2: Yeah, no, you. Uh, I don't remember. I don't think that you there. would know about the dismembered corpse that's still sitting in a jail cell.
5: Ah, yeah, that one. Mm. Uh, well, I don't know who you, who you got behind bars in there, but all right. uh Marie, uh, I guess the deputy's not around what how would you like to go proceed
2: She uh, looks at you Alivari, and says, "Do I have your guarantee that this man will not find his way onto my property
5: anymore By every power in me I will keep him off of your property now if he does come on your property, you have my full permission to shoot him in the face <laughs>
4: As soon as she says that, I I pull out one of the second to last cigar that I have and I say, I really could use your help to bring down Elmer Fillmore.
2: She kind of opens up her mouth as though she's going to say something and then closes it quickly again and, and then uh, heads out the door. You guys can both make an insight check for me if you'd like. 18? 16 So I would say that both of you guys you just feel really weird about just the way that she went about that situation not not the way that she you know went about dealing with Tom or anything like that but the fact that you can tell like she almost broke down in tears yelling about her ex-husband and how this entire town you know, whispers about her and talks behind her back and all of these things. And then you offer her a way to take down Elmer Fillmore and she just leaves.
4: I see that I chose a dead end and I, uh, I'm just going to let her
2: go. And Igmit. So you are over at the gunsmith shop. Yep. You just barging right in. No, no. I'm going to knock on the door. So you knock a few times, and, uh, you see Patrick, he, like, looks out, sees you, and he holds up one finger, and then goes in back, and, uh, he comes into the back room, folk, and he says, your servant's here. Seems he'd like a word with you."
3: Alright, well, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, send him on in if you don't mind. Um, by the way, I- I'm about at this part that you're really gonna wanna see, like, uh, I'm going to take all the important bits out of my battery pack there and put it into this gauntlet. It's really cool stuff. You might even be able to, you know, kind of use this on future guns that you make and stuff. Sounds like a plan. I'll go and get them for you. And uh, over,
2: the, over the past little while that you and Patrick have been in this back room, because he's basically closed up his shop because he's a crotchety old man who doesn't trust anybody. But you guys have kind of built a mild rapport. Like, I wouldn't say that it seems like he likes you, but he definitely doesn't hate you, which is a step. And,
3: uh... <laughs> awesome.
2: And he brings, uh, and he leads Igmet back, and Igmet, he doesn't even say anything racist to you.
1: Alright, um, I'm gonna take my hat off, and first I, I talk to Mr. Mister Portnoy. <clears throat> Now, Mr. Portnoy, I know know you don't like my kind, and I know you don't want me in your shop. And I I understand that, and I respect your choice to your feelings. But this is serious business that I need to talk to both of y'all about, and there might be danger. So if you please would just let me say what I need to say and, and give me a chance. Would you please, sir? Alright, I'll listen to you, son. But it better be good. Alright, well, um... folk, you know... You know the gold? The gold that, that we picked off... Off Joe Moore and Mark Boggio? Yeah? What well, They... They stole it from, uh, A criminal syndicate? And, um... Well, I think it might have some kind of magic on it... That they're tracking it with... And we might be dead come morning.
3: I <laughs> uh, figures. some um, Well, I mean, I, I mean, who is this that we're even dealing with here? I
1: mean, mean they. Well, they're called the the consortium, and uh, they're bad people. They're bad people, folk. You know, I. I don't care who I fight, you know, I'll, I'll fight any man that I need to, but I know not to
2: cross these people.
3: Would, um, Falk, uh, recognize the consortium from, uh, his dealings in the FIA and
2: everything? Well, if you recall, um, uh, Mr. Portnoy had brought them up literally just
3: last night and it was just kind of a- Oh yeah, that's right, yeah, because he said they hadn't been around, um, these parts in a long time.
2: And, as a matter of fact, he'll look right at you, Igmot, and he'll say, Now, don't take this the wrong way, son, and I'm not trying to say that you're stupid or nothing, but the, consort- the consortium doesn't exist anymore. Any gold or anything that you'd find about them, or with their insignia stamped on it, it's just there for the taking. Sometimes some folk just stamp the insignia to make them scared. You got a boogeyman running
3: around, Yeah, you see and- that, Igmot?
1: There's... I just you know, we we paid you with that gold and I mean that was that was Falk's decision and all while I wasn't happy about it, I, I wanna be honest in our dealings and just say that this prisoner over at the jail uh you know, said that, that they they took it from the consortium, but maybe that is a story. I don't know. I, I'm just just trying to present the facts to y'all.
2: And I appreciate it, Master Arc. I, that's a, that's a very honorable thing to do. And he looks pained when he says that. Like, (laughs) like you can just tell that this man, like it took every ounce of his being to spit out that it was an honorable act by,
3: by a creature he despises. So
2: well, huh.
3: As that moment sinks in between them, uh, I put I in, uh, "Hey Eggman, check come check this out." All righty, and uh, I show him like the the gauntlet as I have it, you know, prepared so far. I still got a couple more hours left to, to work on it, but um, I'm like, this thing here. Once this thing is done, whatever they throw at us, they're not going to stand a chance.
1: Can you can you punch people with it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's just say with this thing you can you can definitely reach out and touch something nice.
1: um then uh I'm gonna turn to to mr portnoy and uh and i said well i I greatly appreciate that and um i I really mean you no harm sir um oh, and by the way. Do you know where your son is? They sit over at the at the jail. He he's been missing since last night.
2: Maybe you want to go and check in on Rebecca. She uh she's been having a bit of a rough time the past few weeks, so uh maybe he went over there to uh comfort her, I'm not sure, but that would be my best guess. He's a big boy with big boy guns and he should be fine. Alrighty. Um, then, uh, how about
1: I'll just, I'll go check on your daughter just, just to see, you know, there's been some ruckus around town. Um, and then I'll,
2: I'll come on back if, if there are any problems, let you know. He kind of, you can tell that this entire conversation he is having a lot of trouble with, Mm. and he sort of just kind of grunts out not just an affirmation like he doesn't really say okay or or thank you or anything like that but for whatever reason it kind of feels like a thank you
1: i can i can i can live with that and uh <laughs> i go over to folk and and i say uh well you need anything
3: uh no nah, just just a couple more hours, and then probably, probably some rest. I, I'm, you know, pretty well tired.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you are. Well, I don't want to stress you out right now because I know you're busy with your tinkering. But uh, we, you, you really got to teach Tom some manners.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even want to know. <laughs> i heard a gunshot earlier and i've been having you know that that bad feeling in my stomach ever since and i just know that he's embarrassed the hell out of me a hundred times today already Yeah,
1: and he got me shot And, and i open up my duster
2: and show him
3: oh that's what that is yep Oh god. Well um, it's
2: actually hard to tell because Ignat is still covered in blood <laughs> and he doesn't smell very <laughs> good. And some of the blood is sorta of fresh and some of it's really dried. And it's very hard to tell where he's actually wounded. You can just tell that that yes, there is definitely something going on. <laughs>
4: I love that this is the first time Falk has seen him after the after the pronghorn wrestling, and he's just like, "Oh hey, <laughs> Yeah. Oh.
3: And the thing that I worry about is uh, is you with your shenanigans. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, All right. Well, um, I'll I'll send Boris over with some coffee for the both of y'all. Oh, thank you. Um.
3: Did tom run off with your boot <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, you know what i don't want to know i uh, just uh i'll let you know when i'm done with everything thanks for dropping in you bet
1: <clears throat> and uh i leave
3: all right and as soon as he walks out i uh i i turn to the old man again and like uh yeah come here give me a help with this um and I start like pulling pieces out of the the old battery pack and, and everything and explaining what they do and kinda of transferring them over to the gauntlet. Um,
2: he I mean Patrick is super interested in basically everything that you're doing, and so it's really not hard to convince him to help you. Um so I'm gonna go over to Alavari and Tom then. What are you guys doing right now? Uh as the woman's gotten
4: pretty far away from us and I'm smoking one of my last cigars to steady my nerves I give her kind of an awkward side glance and I say you're a demon woman, right?
5: (laughs) 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 I'm a tiefling, if that's what you mean
4: Mm. but you you know a thing or two about demons
5: well, my mom is a succubus if that's what you're getting at (laughs)
4: I adjust my collar and then I say I was reading from the book of Ernie last night Something struck me Have you ever heard of the saying Cross the river, cross the stream From the abyss is born New fiends I'm seeing
5: Well, I don't know that I've ever heard that saying exactly But, uh, it
4: The thing that struck me as I was reading Is the book of Ernie doesn't go in depth in covering demons but it did mention something about demons residing in the abyss. It specifically used that word. It got me wondering if perhaps perhaps there was something related to demons around this town. Well... For example this strange duplicate Igmit running around. Do you have any
5: thoughts on that? Uh, what do you mean a duplicate Igmit? Uh... I've only ever seen the one, and he's, mm-hmm. well, covered in blood right now.
4: <laughs> there was another one that looked just like him. They chased it all over town. You ever heard of a demon taking on the form of of another person?
5: Well, of course. That... It happens. Well, not frequently, but yeah. I've, I've definitely heard of it.
4: Intriguing. What about driving people mad and causing them to kill others?
5: Well... I don't know about causing him to kill others, but... <laughs> my daddy used to say that my mama would drive him mad if that's what you, Well, that's probably not what you mean.
4: That makes me kind of smirk to myself, and then I say... Perhaps it's not far off. What about the vanguard of the ancients? Does that ring a bell?
5: I can't say I've heard of a vanguard. Um... My mama went off looking for a... I don't really know what she was looking for, but she was trying to get back to her home realm. I, she never really talked about it much, but, I mean, the whole reason I'm here right now, I was out wandering the Deadlands for, golly, probably over a year now, and my mama somehow, she figured out where I was and she got me a letter and said that uh, she's, she's not doing so well. And I mean, she's she's a succubus. They're not supposed to die, but she says she's dying. And I, uh, I was going to go home and see her, uh, if I could, but there seems to be quite a bit going on around here.
4: Yes, the timing is a bit inconvenient. I throw my cigar down, and then I gesture over to the lady that walked away from us, and I say... I think we both know that's not an egg I'm going to crack. She seems to take a bit of a liking to you. Do you think it'd be possible for you to c- question her?
5: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm certainly going to get a lot further than you are. That's <laughs> clear. Uh, well, I was supposed to leave town tomorrow, but I, s- I suppose I could... I'll see if I can get her to talk today. Yeah, she's probably a bit riled up.
4: I would be grateful. There's some things that I just can't seem to tie together. Elmer Fillmore—he has this mind that they found a statue with an elven god, and there was a dragon down there, and then there was this weird voice from above during the zombie battle that talked about a bargain. There's just so many pieces I can't seem to tie together. But, perhaps, being that you've been in this town before, you could help with some of the smaller items, such as the people going mad in this town.
5: I don't know much about the bargain in pot, really, but I've I've heard of it. I mean, that's, that's kind of what demons do, right? We make bargains with others, and, uh...
4: You've heard of spiritual beings making bargains?
5: Well, I don't know if they're spiritual necessarily but you know creatures from other other dimensions or uh, planes of being. Have you ever heard of that?
4: At times um, what sort of things do they bargain over? I'm afraid we didn't we just didn't get many details last night.
5: Yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about with all with the bargain here. Uh, some say my daddy would, had kind of bargained for my mama, but she fell in love with him. Uh,
4: Does it strike you as strange that these people going mad, murdering others, and often exploding in a pile of gore would be s- scheduled to such strict clockwork as every three days
5: kinda, but I suppose if you had like a, if you were bargaining for something and you kinda gave your the the people you were working with kind of a countdown, and you said until this is taken care of every three days, this thing's gonna happen maybe something like that, maybe maybe Phil more maybe he did something down in those mines to to try to I don't know he's just a greedy son of, mm. I, I, I
4: you think that Elmer may have been in on some sort of bargaining deal.
5: Well, he was down in those mines, and he doesn't want nothing more than to to get as much money as he possibly can, right?
4: It makes sense. But perhaps it went awry.
5: Have you seen the man? <laughs> nothing he does goes right. I mean, look at Marie. She's part of his leavings, basically. And his son, Uh, he's a sweetheart, but he just wants his daddy to love him. And he, well, I know all about that, but...
4: Every time she talks about personal family problems, he gets shifty. (laughs) 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 I'll have to think these things over. Um, He looks reluctant to even say it, but he says, I'm grateful for your help.
5: Well, I'm, I'm... Sounds like I came to town just at the right time,
2: so i'm gonna cut over to Igmit. igmet you uh you basically he- start headed towards the Fillmore mansion, and then when you get up to the gates, you kind of uh you kind of continue towards um a westerly direction and go around them and kind of head uh like northwest for a few hundred feet at most and you come to a very small kind of quaint looking house and uh, you you're pretty positive that this is Rebecca's house like (laughs) you're you're looking around and just all the directions line up and you you feel like this is this is the right spot and there there is no uh, glass in the windows there's just curtains kind of shut to keep dust and stuff out. Um, the door isn't very nice. Um, it seems as though Rebecca probably isn't super well to do, just judging by her house and mm. things like that. And so, yeah, what would you like to do, sir?
1: Can I make a uh, perception check? See if there are any ho- uh, rec- like saddled horses or wagons around. Just to see if someone else might be there besides her.
2: Why don't you go ahead and make me a survival check instead? Because you can quickly peer around and you don't see any sort of horses or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, However, there are some tracks. So why don't you uh, make me a survival check? That's
1: a nat 20 with eight on top of it.
2: Holy shit. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Have you ever seen um, the show Dexter when he just starts recreating the crime scene <laughs> and like walking around and <laughs> just accurately depicting everything that's going on? I <laughs> you can actually you actually find some tracks that are exactly a week old from um, or not even not even exactly a week old. You find Olivari's horse tracks from when you met her at the. <laughs> front gates of the Fillmore Mansion and you know exactly that that's who it was because you can remember her horse but other than that you just see not small cowboy boots but you would say medium sized uh, female cowboy boots have been the only thing that have been relatively in this area besides those uh, horse tracks in the last like 24 hours
1: Okay, um, I'm going to walk up to the front door
2: and knock on it. All right, um, it's a few minutes and you hear, I'm coming, just, just, just one second, please. And maybe a few more minutes and, uh, the door opens and a really pretty red-haired woman, um, you'd guess no more than 28, but probably younger um she's got overalls on and a red checkered shirt and uh she also has a six shooter and there are there are some runes that are etched into it but definitely mm. they definitely don't look as fancy as the one that de- the ones that Deputy Portnoy carries mm. um and she looks at you and she says uh can I can I help you
1: howdy ma'am uh i'm I'mmet I don't know if you really know me or not but uh i I've been hired
2: by by the deputy um, to, uh... oh i know i'm i'm really sorry if if my dad has been well my dad um, eh. he was he was over here a few days back and well, let's just say I was quite aware that there's a new half-orc in town. It is what it is.
1: Uh, and um, <laughs> well, have you seen your
2: brother uh, in the past day? I haven't seen Pete, and probably since yesterday morning. I think hmm. maybe two mornings ago. She kind of stares off into the distance and scratches her scratches her head for a second and.
1: Did he talk about anything, like he was going to leave town, or anything out of the ordinary?
2: No, the, uh, we just talked about Marie for a little while, and that was it. Oh, uh,
1: Marie Fillmore?
2: yeah, um, well, she, she found out, um, that I was, um... Well she just doesn't care for me, and well she's been leaving me alone now, so it doesn't matter.
1: Oh uh, well she she's a bit of a battle axe and then I kinda hold my side a little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I mean you gotta remember that Elmer is he has that effect on some people.
1: Yeah, he he doesn't care what other people
2: think, does he? No, he, uh... He sure doesn't. Um... Let me tell you what, uh... (laughs) I'm... I'm pretty positive that there were times when we would ride past Marie's house just so she would get a gander. Uh, I... Oh. I don't know what I ever saw in that man.
1: You and... You and Mr. Fillmore. I'm not... I'm not proud of it. I, I... it's not. Uh, what, it's it's your business, ma'am. I uh, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's only your business. I, I just came up here to see if you were all right and and to see if you you'd seen your brother. Uh, but otherwise,
2: I can leave you be. Well, uh, what what'd you say your name was? Uh, Igmit. Well, Mister Igmet, I. I genuinely appreciate you, and I have to admit that since Marie laid off, I don't really have a care in the world. That's good for you, ma'am. Good for you. Are you hungry or thirsty? I I could, you know, put something on. Uh,
1: yeah, um, I'll have something to drink. Thank you.
2: She invites you into the house, and when you get in, you notice that all of the furniture is, it's made out of wood. The craftsmanship is less than stellar. I mean, some of her furniture, you know, you can see that uh, the legs of the chairs have have large cracks in them. And you don't necessarily trust sitting in some of this furniture because you're kind of a heavy dude. You know, you're a big guy and, and this stuff just seems rickety, you know, and right. she walks over. And she, uh, she says, uh, hair of the dog or, uh, just some tea. Uh, I'll have some tea with a spot of whiskey in
1: it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> she, she nods and immediately, uh, puts the kettle on and, uh, and starts fixing some tea. And I'm going to flash back to, uh, to Tom and Olivari. Are you guys conversing inside of the jailhouse or are you guys still outside of the jailhouse? from when... uh, We were on the porch. Okay. Both of you guys make me a perception check, please.
5: 19.
4: 16.
2: Okay. Tom, do you want to be the first one or the second one?
4: I don't know what that means, so I guess I'll choose (laughs) second.
2: (laughs) Okay. So, Olivari, you swear to Ernie <laughs> that you just saw Igmet Yazi, but not covered in blood, start sprinting past the well. Tom, you, however, see on top of the uh, of the Church of Ernie, there's kind of a tall steeple. It's not anywhere near as tall as some of the steeples that are in Farport or even Kensington or anything like that. But you can see clear as day that there is some sort of a figure up on top of that steeple. And it's sort of just like teetering at the edge of it and you can definitely see that there is that there's a cowboy hat on this man. Um, It's kind of hard to tell more than that from this uh, from this distance but there is definitely somebody on top of the church right now.
4: Do you see that fellow up there?
5: Uh, do you... Do, I just saw Igmet Well, not... I guess it must have been the Igmic clone that you were talking about. Run past the whale.
4: Don't let him out of your sights. I'm going after the one on the church.
5: Do I still see the one that ran past the whale? Well? <laughs> oh, yeah, you... He's,
2: uh... He's headed down the main thoroughfare as though, uh... Basically as though he's trying to lead you somewhere. Since she pointed him out, can I see him? Oh, Yeah easily you i basically i was just rolling to see who saw what or if you guys were spotting the same thing yeah um
4: how far away is he
2: um at the well so it's like 90 feet from you
4: and then the church is (laughs) north so we basically
2: Uh, the church is about 180
4: yeah okay yeah we're gonna have to split up i'm going for church because i've got spider gloves so we'll see what happens
2: this helped you okay. the
5: other
4: night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I start, I, I just take off, I just oh. take off running and I shout, don't lose him.
5: Oh, all right. I guess I'll take off after him. Okay. Tom, go ahead and give
2: me another perception check.
4: 17.
2: As you get closer, you can see clear as day the red-mustached face of Deputy Portnoy oh, teetering on the edge of the steeple.
4: Okay. How far away is he? Estimated?
2: Um, let's say you're at the well, so about 90 feet. Okay.
4: Um, I'm gonna cast Thaumaturgy and say Mr. Portnoy, what are you doing up
2: there? Don't do anything rash now. It's almost as though he doesn't even ag- even acknowledge you. Um, Alivari, could you give me a constitution check? We're just, uh, we're just gonna get a gathering of how, how fast you're actually moving.
5: Constitution is not my strong suit. Oh, well, it's better than it could be. Uh, twelve.
2: Alright. So you're not gaining on him, but he's also not losing you. And after a few minutes, you can tell that he's making a beeline towards the cemetery.
5: Mm.
2: Oh, so he's going oak. south. And I'm going north.
5: Okay, so they're over on the
4: we're, church We're top right. Steeple. We're top right. You're going de- bottom left.
5: And I'm assuming the thaumaturgy, I would have heard. Yes. That it was So Portnoy. now you
2: know that Deputy Portnoy is up on top of the steeple.
5: Um... So I'm going to try to dispel magic on him.
2: Yeah, nothing happens.
5: Mm. Nothing happens.
2: Nothing happens, which actually probably tells you more than if something happened.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo-hoo.
3: We at least know now that it's not an illusion,
2: right? right?
3: So fake igmit is not a figment of our imagination.
0: <laughs>
5: um,
4: Did you just say an Igmit?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
4: I <You> did. bastard. <laughs> <A> figment. <laughs>
5: Mm. This is why I listen to this podcast Um, (laughs) (laughs) The pun's so bad it hurts
4: (laughs) Roll for damage
5: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess I'm going to keep running after him Uh, Because now I want to figure out what in the world he is Would I know what a doppelganger is? How common are they in this world?
2: Make me a uh, arcana check. Eleven. I'm going to say no. You do not know okay. what it is.
5: Then I'm curious, and I'm going to keep chasing.
2: Okay, so you see, this thing is making a beeline towards what appears to be a large mausoleum, sort of at the center of this cemetery. He's not... Uh, no. he, <laughs> he's not, like, anywhere close to it yet or anything like that, but, like, you can you could just tell that he hasn't changed course or anything like that. He got through the gates of the cemetery and just beeline.
5: Can I... Would I be able to get my flute out to aim a dart at him?
2: So he is 90 feet away, though, because you were not dashing when you did the dispel magic because, you know, you had to do an action. Oh, shoot. And so I would say you can. I just don't know if you're going to have the range on shooting a dart at him. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'll absolutely let you dash and pull out the flute. I just don't know if you have enough range to hit him.
3: Would it be the same properties of the blowgun?
5: I think so.
3: I would say yes.
5: Um,
3: 25-100.
5: So with okay. disadvantage. So at disadvantage. Yep. Okay. Twenty three to hit.
2: Oh yeah. What's the What's the saving throw for that?
5: I don't know. Whatever BS you came up with. <laughs> you didn't write it down. I did. No, I'm oh, just referring okay. to it.
2: Sorry. I was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> funny story, Kim. I totally didn't write any of that down.
5: <laughs> no, it's a con save. Uh, DC awesome. fifteen.
2: Coolio. Well, 16 on the die. So, <laughs> go ahead and roll okay. damage, though.
5: <laughs> okay, and then... Okay, so the damage is four plus what? Four plus X. Okay, so that'd be eight damage. And then he uh, takes one d4 rounds disadvantage on everything. righty. So one one round of disadvantage.
2: Cool, cool, cool. So you... Uh, you see the dart kind of plunge into the side of his shoulder, and he sort of slows down for a second, and... Holy shit. So I, uh... Oh, no. I rolled a 20 he and dies. an 18, Kim. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, well, let's see how fast he's still running. Quite fast is the answer. Um, okay. And so we are going to stop at him getting to the mausoleum door, and we'll roll initiative next week.
4: We finally have a website where all of our content and links are consolidated to one place. And it's at none other than www.lcpdnd.com. From there, you can find our social media pages, our Discord server, our merch shop, and even learn how you can play DD with us each week. It's all there at lcpdnd.com. If you're enjoying the show and you want to help support us, we'd be super grateful. Tell your friends about us, share the podcast, review us on Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform. Buy merch at nerdware.com slash lcp. Or pledge any amount of money at patreon.com slash lcp. Any and all of these are super helpful to us. But even if you can't do any of these things, we would still love to have you hang out with us in the Discord server, where we talk about whatever, and we play D&D together, and we share terrible memes. As mentioned, you can access our Discord through our new website, lcpdnd.com, or find the link in the description of this podcast episode. Our Twitters are as follows. The show is at dndlcp. Tim the DM is Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris, who plays Falk, is Chris Riley LCP. Wesley, who plays Igmit, is Wide Wide Wes. And I, Brian, the player of Tom. I'm at Manly Brian or on Instagram as Brian underscore Bridges. That's all for now. We'll catch you on the clippity clop because it's a cowboy show and horses make that sound. Anyway, see you next time.
2: My mom accidentally bought me uh, Diet Mountain Dew once when I was a kid. And I was like, dude, I would have rather you brought home Mellow Yellow. And I fucking hate Mellow Yellow. Like.
5: <laughs> <gasps> you hate the sweet ambrosia that is life? How dare you?
2: It's nowhere near as good as Mountain Dew to me. I don't know why.
5: It's whatever you were raised on. Mellow Yellow was my jam when I was younger.
4: Boy, she was really ready on that ambrosia comment. It's like she's, she's called it that before.
5: <laughs> I. <laughs> May or may not have written a strongly worded letter to the Coke company <coughs> when they tried to replace Mellow Yellow with search, <laughs> and I literally said something along the lines of, you are taking away the sweet ambrosia <laughs> of life.
2: Oh my God.
5: I didn't get wasn't... a response for some reason. Oh. <laughs> <That was disgusting. laughs>
4: the sweet ambrosia of life. We'll call it, I don't know, Mellow Yellow. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good enough to me. So knock off anyway. Well, I'm as, I'm I'm half acidly as ready as usual. If you if you guys are half acidly, <laughs> yep.
2: I'm not sure what that means, but okay. <laughs> He's tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> not that
4: kind.